Hi, I'm Marco Sparks. And I'm Benjamin Light. And this is Bros Watch PLO 2. Hi there. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. We're talking about Pretty Little Liars, colon, Original Sin, S1E5, The Night He Came Home. This is uh, a very relaxed episode. I guess it is, yeah. It's a little low energy. I better drink some of my hop water. Mm. It's an it's a NPR-esque mm-hmm. episode. Um, so the finale's out. We've not watched the finale, but no. uh, you know, spoilers are out there. This will be a spoiler-free pod. We're just we're doing it one at a time. So in five more weeks, you can get our takes on the finale. Mm. Hope you hope you still care. I mean, does anyone care about the show anymore? Like, if you were watching at the time, I feel like you already forgot it. You know, mm. I including HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, what what are the chances this show gets a season two? Let's say that for our predictions at the end. Okay. Some, you now you've seen some spoilers. I I've I've, I've seen some little snippets here and there, but the, okay. that will not. I promise everyone that will not influence my coverage of the show. Mm. I'm treating yeah. it as though I don't know anything about this anything. Be a completely above board podcast. Mm-hmm. City cannot handle another scandal. No. Before we talk about this wonderful episode of television, Ooh. let's let's uh, let's pay some bills. You know, say okay. Girl t- Trouble, the Girl Detective Mystery Series, book three, has yes. a release date now. Yes. In theory. <laughs> September 29th, 2022. That is five and a half weeks from now. Folks, we um, had a setback, but we're working on it. It's all, it's all going to work out. Gonna work you can out. pre-order it now on Kindle. If you ever want to support the podcast, you know, we don't have Patreon or an ads. Uh, I know some people said, oh, I wish we could buy you guys beer for podcasting 300 episodes pretty little hours for us uh here's how you can buy us that beer just uh go go pre-order the book when mm-hmm. i want to get those pre-order numbers up you know up 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 the, the more like because the more you pre-order it's like all those sales count on day one and so it mm-hmm. pushes you up in the ranking you know and then the higher you get in the ranking the more visibility you have so it's fucking crush this shit man this uh, is how we get to book talk yeah my name is trouble.com uh if you want you go there you can find a link to the kindle pre-order like I said, it comes out September 29th, 2022. This is book three in the Girl Detective Mystery Series. Uh, this one's called Trouble Takes a Holiday. Hardcover and paperback editions should be available day of release. We've got something special in mind for the print editions. You're going to want it. I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll, here's the thing. We make more money off the ebook. So if you just want to, if you're just like, I don't really care. I just want to like support you guys, buy the ebook. It's cheaper yeah. and more money comes to us. But if you like, you really want it, like a nice copy of this. Uh, the hardcover and paperback are more expensive, but they're much nicer. Yeah. Um, it's the cost of buying us a couple beers. Yeah. Uh, we can drink. The, uh, the We dropped the cover uh, last week mm-hmm. with the last pod. Um, it's a very cool cover. You can check it out on our Instagram or on my name is trouble.com. And uh, we still got some more surprises for you, but we're not quite ready to spill them just yet on the books. But super excited about this. It's a massive book. This is fucking masterpiece man 145,000 words this is I, I it's either a masterpiece or it just completely got away from me and it's a disaster i guess we'll find out when people read it you know that's where you want to be mm-hmm. that's the sweet spot yeah this is the book that almost killed me mm-hmm. all right follow-ups and corrections we talked about the finale is out um no word on a renewal 
yet as of August 22nd as we record this. So it's the Monday after the finale aired. Haven't seen any news. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? It could be months before we see news. I don't know. Like, are they still making Cruel Summer season two in theory? <laughs> well, who knows? I mean, even without Discovery buying uh, Freeform or whatever, like, is is Freeform still a network? No, Freeform is owned by Disney. I know. I know. But I mean, even without corporate shenanigans, yeah. is Freeform still happening? As far as I know, yes, they are. I hear nothing about them anymore. I think uh, they still exist. Not mm. on cable. One of those cord but I mean, isn't that what the fuck Twitter's for? <laughs> what else is it for besides mm-hmm. the Nazis? Uh, I mean, oh. we've gotten some some really great emails from people. Uh, this show has has stirred some shit up. Oh, have we? I have not looked. This will be fun. Um, I mean, another piece of feedback, which I I guess this is as, as good a place to mention as any. I, I don't think this is a spoiler. Like, so in the credits of this yeah. show. Uh, one of the little like details is it has this missing person flyer for Minnie Mouse Honrata there and mm-hmm. shows her date of birth is 313 1992. Mm-hmm. Lots of theory crafting went into that on Reddit over the past month. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, I think just around the time the finale aired, the showrunner Riverdale dude, Riverdale, Riverdale dude was like, Oh, that was a typo. Are you fucking kidding me? No, no, so it doesn't mean anything, it's just a mistake typographical error throw all your theories out about anything to do with uh, mouse and her age or anything like that it's just a huge boner it's just their starbucks cup in the middle of the shot what they put in the fucking credits i don't know how you don't fix that how do you not see that 10 times i kind of feel it feels God almost it. like like false advertising is the wrong word but i feel like they waited until the finale was airing to like let people know oh by the way that was a, that didn't mean anything that was a mistake like they could, have, they, they could have corrected this a month ago when people first started like spinning all these theories and they chose not to. They're like, oh, we're just going to keep our mouth shut about that. I mean, you're either like incompetent. Somebody is incompetent in making the show or or what 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 kind of weird tease is this? Jacuz it, malicious intent. That's that's what I'm feeling. like. <sighs> Fucking a. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, I found my energy now. Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it gets you all riled up. This show's fucking true. I I was like, when we ended the last podcast, and I was like, this probably wasn't a good place for us to be. Mm-hmm. Just tired and angry about this fucking show. Anyway, so we got some good emails. I I I don't know what to say about some of them yet because the show has stirred up some very personal things that are very real to you know members of the population and. Um, I don't know if I trust the show to handle it delicately or have a positive message. Um, I, I don't know for the people to unpack that and fully analyze it. I mean, I'm sure we'll have th- our thoughts that are unique to us, but yeah, uh, yeah the show I'm, takes just... a real left turn. I feel like at the, I mean, it's, it's, it's already going there in this episode and then it really goes there at the end of the episode. I mean, I'm just going to say like for, for folks who can really relate to aspects of the show, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I hate that you can. Um, all right, let's, yeah. let's get into it. Uh, this is uh, written by Katie Avery and Alexis Shear. Katie Avery looks like a, one of the writers, PAs on Chaos, uh, Chilling Adventures, Sabrina. And Alexis Shear has no other credits. She's from theater, so I assume she's one of Roberto's like, theater cronies. 
Mm. Like, because he came from theater too, I think. Um, That's so, I mean, he basically, one of the origins of this guy is. I don't like, understand wrote, this guy's origin. He wrote like an off Broadway. He wrote Archie an, uh, what do they call it? Um, an unauthorized, like, yeah. Riverdale play where Archie was gay. Yeah. And, and the people who own Riverdale were like, hey, you can't do that. We're shutting you down. And then somehow he got a job actually writing the Archie, Archie comics, comics like running from them. that. Yeah. I don't understand how that works. Yeah. Usually they, they're not like, Hey, you're not allowed to do this. You're like basically stealing from us. And then they don't just turn around and say, but you can come write for us now. I don't know. It's very strange, but that's how he got into things. Someone explain to me how that works. And then explain to me how we can exploit this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause we got some ideas anyway. So we close up on a on a jack lantern that some chick is holding while some butt rock is playing and somebody this, yells, "This party time!" This is like some real like I don't know like Return of the Living Dead shit here, like the vibe they're eh. going for. I I, I feel like a, an eighties vibe. Except that even movie is fun. Yeah, that movie is fun, but it's like it's like this punk eighties vibe. Even though this is nineteen ninety nine, the girls are all dressed up as this like zombie Spice Girls. Yeah, which is I don't know like nineteen ninety nine. The Spice Girls are kind of over by then. You know, that was more like a 96 thing. I mean, shockingly, the show doesn't get it. <laughs> I mean, maybe this is something right now. I know it's like a small town. Like it's like the Spice Girls just got there or something. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like France is still into Jerry Lewis, that kind of thing, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. So you got some teenage girls being wild and crazy. I mean, I guess this is why that fucking Spice Girls song was playing like an episode or two ago. But yeah, the title card, Halloween 99, with the, the A being red, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the five moms as teens. We have Angela Waters with them. They give her a no bag costume of dog for shit. Angela. Angela's no. just a real fucking loser. Can we be real? Or so where is she on the loser scale, the 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 Benjamin Light loser scale compared to Nerdy Mona? Nerdy Mona's awesome. All right. What about, Nerdy, what about, Nerdy Mona had an aesthetic. Let me ask you this. How does she compare to Lucas? Lucas of any era. I mean, <laughs> I think she might even be below Lucas. She's Ooh. so lame. They're like, hey, go throw this bag of shit on the door. And she's just like, I don't think it's a good idea. I don't want to do this. They're like, it's our initiation. We'll go get pizza knots afterwards or whatever. And they like give her this like weird, creepy pumpkin mask to wear. And so she like slowly, you know, waddles initiation up yeah. to the house and like throws this bag of shit. It's it's like the lamest throw ever. Um, it really looks like there's some pudding inside that bag for the amount of splatting that happens there. And the girls, of course, the girls have all like gotten in the back of somebody's Jeep and like drove off without her and like, ha ha ha. And she just like stands there like a fucking loser, just a complete chump while like the lights come on inside the house. And you hear some guys say, hey, call the police or whatever. And she's just like, oh, I'm a loser. My friends ditched me. Human Eeyore over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I feel like you're building to a real she fucking deserved it. But yeah, Junk Ball Pizza is still in operation in the 90s. Um, also, the tire cover thing on the back of the vehicle says spicy. Um, Maybe this is also the most obvious. Tell the Spice Girls, I don't know. This is the most obvious move ever, Angela. Like, it's not just that you stood you there like, run away, like, Angela, like a dum-dum. You chump. Yeah. But it's like, you've never seen a fucking movie that know this was going to do to you. I mean, yeah. like, Jesus Christ, like Charlie Brown. I don't think Lucy's going to keep holding the football. Yeah. Uh, yeah so I, I don't know. Is this kind of like a headless horseman pumpkin mask? I, I don't know. It's weird and creepy. So here's the thing. We we come out of this back to where we left off in the last episode. Also, well, hold on. Is the man saying Michael called the police inside? Is that like a lame Michael Myers reference too? 
whatever. I mean, yeah. So we're we're picking up where he last left off, where Noah has just told him that like A was like, you know, chasing her around the night before. But this flashback, like this flashback is not they're not like recalling the story. They're not hearing the story from anyone. They have no nope. knowledge of that flashback. Only the audience knows about that flashback. It's kind of weird that it brings us back in to this as though they've just like experienced those memories when they have not. Um, I just found the editing strange there. I think you could have done it in like an old X-Files way if like you had gone to the credit sequence. Yeah, yeah something like a, like a pre-credit. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the way it comes back and it's there immediately. It's just like uh, Imogen's first line. She's like, I knew it. This all goes back to her mother's as though she just watched the flashback, but she didn't. They had no knowledge of what just happened. Yeah. And so, yeah, they wonder what, what Noah's mom did to Angela. Noah doesn't know because, of course, she doesn't know. She said that A just said that her mom threw Angela under the bus. So Noah's just like, A went full fucking Michael Myers, chased me around uh, my building and on the roof. Um, but not to nitpick, Noah, but Michael Myers doesn't exactly run. Also, Michael Myers kills people. Yeah. Um, he doesn't just say, like, uh, like call the cops or whatever or yeah. whatever the fuck A said. Or, 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 Imagine uh, how lame Halloween would be if he did. Also, shout out to friend of the pod, Kayla, for, for suggesting that why do we keep calling him Leatherface when his name should be Pleatherface? <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Farron, massive understatement, is like, okay, this is getting beyond dangerous now. I mean, like, what a tepid response. Beyond dangerous. No, and then Mouse is just like, is it time to tell someone? And this is this dialogue here, I wrote it down because it's so fucking stupid. Uh, Imogen says, no, that would mess up the show's plot. No, she says, uh, we can't tell because we're so close to understanding why this is all happening. Why us? That is not a reason not to call the cops if you're getting attacked. And then Tabby says, plus, after what Noah went through, not sure we should be disobeying A and telling anyone anything. But Noah didn't do anything, and she still got attacked by A. No, yeah. she was not disobeying at all. She just almost, like, in theory, she thinks she almost got killed by A. So why yeah. wouldn't, like... There, what the fuck what the fuck this writing is so bad it's like the worst lampshading i've ever seen as to why they wouldn't call the cops Noah just wanted a fucking pizza mm-hmm. yeah so imogen immediately mentions that angela isn't isn't mentioned anywhere in her mom's diaries but now we know there's a connection and so tabby's like well, of course so the missing pages must be about angela so imogen has gone through the entire house and now she feels she knows what to look for she feels like they need to start over i don't think Every episode of this show has so it's like they're trying so hard to just kickstart any sort of plot momentum into action. They're like, oh, I just I, I guess I need to start over searching my house. Can you guys come help me this time? And they're like, OK, we'll get walkie talkies and do it. Like, like there's fun. no mom, there's funky. no propulsive momentum to the drama at all. No, no. And and again, the moment with the walkie talkies is a lie because these people are not friends. And it's just a, a vehicle to get us to the big crux of this episode i mean, I think the walkie-talkie thing is just i feel like they didn't they needed to give mouse like another line of dialogue in the scene yeah and they're like what can she do i don't know she can bring her devices like they could have just called, like done like a group call on their phone or something well and they make her sounds sadder it's like we need to know what her moms do they run a, a, <laughs> a shop. shop it's the and weirdest they... fucking occupation for her moms and so yeah it's like these are pawn shop walkie-talkies which I'm sorry. It, it just kind of has a sad connotation mm-hmm. unintentionally. I don't know. Or intentionally. So Farron immediately is not being Farron is like, we can help. I don't know who, I don't know which Farron we're getting. I have thoughts about Farron in this episode. What is driving um, Farron? What motivates her? Who can say? 
Yeah. So they can meet after school. Mouse volunteers do the walkie-talkies. And she's like, trust me, they're rad. Trust me, they're not. No. Uh, school bell rings. We're in that gross-ass hallway of this school as Tabby's racing through it while Chip is trying to catch up. Feels like we missed a scene. Yeah. He he wants to know if everything is okay since she barely talked to him in film class. She stops and unleashes. Her her thing was supposed to be an exercise in subverting the male gaze. Male victim, female killer, female director of a vision. And him stepping in completely invalidated This that. is all such bullshit. Like, if I were this guy, I'd be like, first of all, fuck you. You fucking disappeared in the middle of our group project. And I yeah. did all the work. And now you're yelling at me. Yeah. Second of all, like, that's, you're not, like, like changing the entire dynamics of horror by gender swapping characters. Like, the most basic shit I've ever heard. Like, it's been done a hundred times already. There's nothing original about it. Yeah. Anyway, he's so, probably the rapist. So I don't want to give him too much credit or anything, but. So he tells her he's sorry that he was trying to help. And she's like, forget it. I got to go meet the girls. And this is where I, I want him to be like, which girls? Do you yeah. have friends? You have friends? Are uh, we friends? Are yeah. we friends? What's, it seems like we've hung out for a while. What's happening here, Tabby? Yeah. It seems like you wanted me to come to that party back then. Like, were you, did you just want like a wingman there? Like, I don't know. I wish they would, they'd like define this a little bit more because I'm not really sure like where they stand with each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and she bounces off as he watches her go. I guess we're supposed to read this as lovelorn and or conflicted. Yeah. He's, his eyes are doing something weird. It's, it's not like soulful. he's yeah it's, it's, he's trying to be soulful though you know yeah. yeah uh outside imogen's house with the for sale sign still up uh, uh though the sign has a little thing happening in the bottom it says sale pending so inside imogen in classic aria mode is checking the bedroom uh all the girls have walkie talkies and are communicating over them uh, farron made popcorn that's a little singed Mouse has found nothing in the... I wouldn't make popcorn in this haunted house. Uh, Mouse has found nothing in the garage. Tabby's going to head downstairs into the basement. You know what I was noticing with all the locations in this episode? Mm-hmm. Um, they all look the same. Because, like, I, I, I'm sure it's like, no, the uh, this one has different ugly wallpaper than that location. But, like, yeah. it all kind of has, like, the same aesthetic. And yeah. so, like, you can never really tell whose house they're at. Like, at any particular moment. Like, everything just blends together. And the aesthetic is vomit kitsch. Yeah, it's like uh, some the seventies vomited all over you. Uh, so then Noah starts yelling for them on the walkie-talkies. She's up in the attic fighting with some spider web. She proclaims the attic to be Spider Airbnb. Uh, Tabby's in the basement, super dark. She says, and she sees that the light switch doesn't work. So Imogen tells her there's another switch at the bottom of the stairs, as if like coaching this girl towards her grisly demise. Um, so Tabby's like spooked and keeps on the stairs, and she keeps repeating her mantra of like, "I'm the final girl. I'm the final girl. I'm so the dumb. final girl." So dumb. And Farron. Is like, you know, and like, uh, uh, which is terrible because I, I say that a lot to people in mm-hmm. dark situations. Um, and Tabby, the drip, mm-hmm. says it's actually ma 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 from from Friday the Thirteenth, and like Farron again, and and this, I don't know, kind of, I'm sorry, quite frankly, bruising and abusing wokeness and making wokeness look bad. It's just like great. Thanks for movie explaining that to me, which is like. I want to be on the side of like some of the more progressive values of the show, but I don't know, man. Here's what I'm, I've been You're thinking You're making about. some of it ugly. Does it, do these, you know, BFS as, as yeah. they're clearly the best friends Forever. Ever, it doesn't seem like they ever really like argue with each other at all. No. Right. Like everything yeah. is always like, yes, no queen, the sisterhood. Yeah. There's never any tension between them. And that, that I was really thinking about that at the, to the reveal at the end, like, it just it's it's weird like i'm thinking about the original liars and it's not like they like are knocked down drag out like fighting with each other but like 
there was always like tension in those scenes because Spencer wanted Push to do this, but, it, but Emily didn't, or Hannah wanted to yeah. do this, and the others are mad at Hannah for doing that. Like, I don't know. It just it doesn't feel real. You know, mm-hmm. it's like these don't feel like real human beings. So you 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 establish your your characters, and then you start playing around and doing different combination characters and seeing how they rub off on each other. But you have to establish your characters and like see that push and pull. Well, and like, see, see that see like how hey, this character is this way. They're not going to want to do this, but this other character is going to want to do it. And like, what yeah. happens when we you know put them in a situation together? Yeah. Well, this this show will never organically create the unstoppable force and the immovable object. Yeah. I mean, they'll they'll create the super unhinged unhingement, which will be Imogen somehow. Um, anyway, Tabby gets started. I started to really hate Imogen in this episode. Started? Like, okay, not started, but like I'm just like, who is this character? What what you are we doing? Cultivated here? your dislike. Yeah. Tabby drops the uh, Mr. Hammond. I think we're back in business line here. Um, Samuel Jackson's arm does not then flop on her shoulder. Uh, and then it does this whole like weird, almost like as it like she stops and like kind of like gasps because there's just like a steamer trunk and the like over against the wall in the basement. And it's like all, this steamer trunk will come up later. Spoiler. But like yeah. she doesn't know that she hasn't read the script. So why does she stare at this and gasp like it means something to her? It's so strange. What was the it's like she's show? about to investigate. But then they're like, oh, come up here. We found something. What was the fucking show we were talking about where you were like, this character has the special ability of ever having read five pages ahead of the script at all times? Oh, what was that show? The I know what you're talking that? about. It was something recent. Was it Obi-Wan? I think it was Obi-Wan. Yeah, no, it was Reva and Obi-Wan. That was okay. her force power. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she yeah. read the script beforehand. Yeah. Um, anyway, so up in the living room, Farron is holding a pile of burnt paper strips. She said she found them in the fireplace. Presumption being that these are the torn out diary pages all burnt up. So Imogen implodes again imploded Jen um, and then all the others have to gather around and listen to her well, I mean how much something how about much them of these all girls like, lives is just them supporting this girl through her tantrums I, especially I don't know I, I was I was thinking at the time I'm sure they didn't mean anything by it but it's just like all of the characters of color have to stop to kiss ass to this white girl who's like having another crisis of faith or whatever oh it's gonna be okay you're fine we're all yes, here queen. for you you guys can't hear, but I'm just nodding my head emphatically. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she goes, you know, on about how everything in life is slipping away from her. There's nothing she can do to stop it. Um, I, I, this would be a great time for Farron to be like challenging her and be like, some of us have no offense to your situation, real immediate present problems. Mm-hmm. Some, some um, real problems, Emily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want to sell her mom. You know house. what? You know what? This show actually makes me miss Ezra. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Mm. Yeah. She doesn't want to sell her mom's house. Mouse suggests that she takes over the payments and Tabby concurs that she could talk to her mom and Imogen's like, I have $400 in the bank. That um, I saved for my last 10 birthdays. Wow, what a loser. Um, yeah, have, where did I get I the have, money? And then it's like, I got it, guys. We can save the local rec center by throwing a rager. Yeah, yeah. Or some, some fucking Blues Brothers bullshit, mm-hmm. you know? What if we put on the greatest talent show ever? Mm-hmm. Um I have some, I don't know. I did, I have a theory that I know is not remotely accurate about the fucking Gilmore girls, dark Gilmore girls flashbacks between her and her mom. Cause they mm. just seem so phony. They're so bland. I, I just, guess, I guess people are supposed to be like, ah, mom, daughter. That's too bad. Moment. She's dead. Yeah. I just kept thinking, are these all imagined? Like is Imogen a psychopath? <laughs> I think this should be much better if she was a psychopath, but I don't think that's what I, I don't on. think she is, obviously, but like... I, mean, I think I she know, is, man. but I don't think the writers know she is. Like, no, no. 
But I don't know, like if you were being hired to come into this writer's room half halfway through and you've seen these first five episodes, I don't know how you're not like Imogen's your killer or she's seriously involved. Although it does feel like they're doing some sort of like relay storytelling where each writer of a new episode is just like, I'm going to take it in my own direction. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't this doesn't feel especially for a 10 episode show that's um, supposedly fairly self-contained. It doesn't feel like they really like mapped it out in advance. Um, no, no. I mean, I, I think most bare bones outline and then they probably wrote every episode at the same time and had very yeah. little chance to, I don't know, make them cohesive, whatever. Yeah. So cut to Farron's house. Yeah. Henry's this gloomy, house. This gloomy, How could we know? Hazy space. Yeah. Is this, is this Farron's house? Is this Henry's I place? I guess it's Farron's. Um, yeah. I mean, ESPN isn't on the background with our boy Zeke. So we'll Zeke's on his sleep on a recliner. Yeah. So uh, Farron is like, hey, I got to tell you about my like, or she's she's had uh, Henry go check to see if she has a scar. Uh, Kelly does. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're right. She does have a scar on her foot. Farron's just like, oh, my God. And he's like, well, there could be any number of reasons she has a scar. It doesn't necessarily mean she's, you know, Karen. Um, I don't know why he's friends with her at this point. I feel like he's just kind of stuck. No, I mean, he needs to be like, look, I thought you were cool. And I think you're talented as a dancer, but you're kind of a horrible horrible person and i don't like kelly but damn you make her look like mother Teresa. well like i'm trying to figure out what farron's motivation for all this is, is, is in this episode i guess it's just if she believes it's actually karen she hates karen and so she wants to know because like, she she's like yell, has unfinished business or something she just wants to yell gotcha bitch yeah yeah like <laughs> she has this scene with kelly later i'm like where the fuck is any of this coming from which we should all relate with because who doesn't want to yell gotcha bitch at somebody um oh, but yeah she man. she's just like something very very weird is going on and it's like yeah also i know henry's not our main character and that's that's fine don't write him into it but like why wouldn't you have a main character discovering the scar yeah no we had that happen off screen it's not like that's visual information that could be seriously serious you know? serious. especially if like the only the only spoiler I know from like future episodes is that like Farron has a scar down her back. Oh, from her presu- scoliosis or whatever. Yeah, from, from her fucking scoliosis. I'm assuming that we see the scar because mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the episode's called Scars. Yeah, like, I, I don't watch Riverdale, but I, I listen to the Riverdale Register podcast, and it sounds like this is a common thing. And that show where they're like they're all about telling, not showing, and they're constantly like having information told to us about scenes. That it's like, why didn't we see that scene? Why are you just telling me about that scene? Yeah. So I think this is just uh, how they write. I kind of feel like for the final episode of this podcast, we need to have Caitlin come on and explain this 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 ethos to us. Mm. People will love that. All right. Um, cut to just the most batshit. What the like, fuck what, is this scene? Just, what the fuck are we even doing on this show? Plotline with Mouse. I This whole storyline. She's like, what the, what the fuck is this? I almost like, I watched this like a week ago. I almost paused this. I was going to like be like, I was going to call you, ask when you were going to watch this episode, drive over and just like watch you watch this scene. The noises I made while watching this episode is just a lot Ooh. of like, ah, like stuff like that, basically, Ooh. you know, that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So she's Mouse's bedroom. She's on video chat. This older guy named Steve. This guy's a she's, fucking creep. Yeah. She's gone she was gone for a walk. She didn't have access to her devices. She's telling him. 
they've apparently been chatting online for a while. She's got like a an emoji thing over her face, like a like an animal emoji thing. Yeah, time. what do they call these things? Um, there's a word for them, like virtual avatars or whatever. Yeah. Um, which is weird because like I thought she was gonna wear a mask when she meets this guy later, but then right. she doesn't. You know, right? Um, so I I don't even know how much I want to devote to this because it's so fucking stupid. But basically, as, as we gather throughout the episode. She's doing some sort of like LARPing, like role playing thing where she's contacting people who have like lost their daughters or daughters have been like kidnapped or something um, or died or whatever. And she's like pretending to be their daughters for them as some sort of like sick therapeutic exercise. And she's seemingly doing it a lot. We'll see by the end of the episode. It's like, first of all, nobody does this. This is like the like the most out of left field random. Do, do you like, know what this is? This what? is like uh, the like because I I haven't read one in like uh, twelve books, but like you could tell me this is the plot to a Chuck Palahniuk novel. Yeah, yeah, really. Um, it's, would, it's like something he would you. come up with. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not remote. I don't know. This is so icky. It's not sex work. Well, it's but just like, like what the fuck is this? Like, why is this in the show? It has nothing to do with yeah. the rest of the show. Well, and and there's nothing. There's been no. No precursor. I mean, at least the, you know, there is as as weird as it was in the pilot. There was Tabby and the Dicks. You know, there was something there. There is something. Yeah. This this just kind of comes out of nowhere, and the show is not remotely interested in holding your hand as you get pushed out of this airplane. And it's just no parachute. It just seems completely disconnected from anything else going on in the show. I don't know why it's here. I don't know why this had to be this weird mystery plotline for Mouse, like. There's just, there, you couldn't think of anything else to do with this character, anyways. Whatever. Well, but the problem is, if you're going into this show thinking that there's something weird because she a had some kind of family trauma when she was younger that her parents won't let her grow up from, and you think that she's 30 years old secretly, mm-hmm. and you're watching this, you're like, ooh, I'm getting the breadcrumbs to some kind of big thing, and the show is misleading you. Well, it's creepy because it, it plays out like she's like. About danger. To, like whore herself out or something she's like i found a place where we could meet it's private where we could have a nice dinner yeah. without bumping into anybody and he's like oh that sounds perfect and it's like what the fuck am i watching right now just like like the subplot in euphoria when the chick's a cam girl or something like what are we doing here i, w- I was just gonna say it's like euphoria made a mess on the furniture and this show came in and was like "Ooh, what's that yeah um, yeah she's like oh could we go trick-or-treating i guess it's like She's been sheltered, and so she's like, I get to, and I don't know, I feel like there's like a, she's always had two moms, so this is like her chance to have a daddy thing going on, which is extra creepy. I don't know what the fuck this is. I don't know how this got past the network. You know, I don't either. They're just like, what the, no, no, just big red X through the whole page. It's like, no. Come up with something else. Especially if you're your most blah character. You gotta cut one of these five girls. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tighten this shit oh, this, up. This fucking creepy guy and the, the way it's filmed, it's like supposed to be a Zoom call, though it's like clearly just they've inserted his video yeah, and yeah. like it just doesn't look like a Zoom call at all. And he's yeah. like, Rachel loved trick or treating. Uh, it's one of her favorite things. Let's do it. And she like looks over at this like flyer for like missing Rachel Bowers, who I guess she's like LARPing as. And it's like, what the? F- I, I, I'm so completely baffled by his entire And this plot show has not even got the. The fucking gravitas to like make to give me a Bethany Young, you know, or whatever. 
and to make the Rachel Bowers a character. She's asked, you know, how to buy costume to Rachel have any favorites? And he says, just nothing too scary. Will you send me some options? Yeah, so he's gonna treat. So gross. Yeah. It's we don't know what the hell's going on. It's gross. The actor's a guy named Alexander Chaplin. He's been a ton of shit. I, I don't know. You just you keep thinking you keep thinking she's in danger, and seemingly he's seemingly he's just a grieving There's, she is father. in danger. No sane person does this. Yes. She is putting herself in danger because she's also mm-hmm. I keep thinking these characters are six or sixteen. She points out she's that she's fifteen, 15 yeah. which I don't know. It's not it's one year, but it kind of feels like it's a big difference. Right? Yeah, like yeah. no, fifteen versus sixteen. Um sure. yeah, yeah. So is, are they all fifteen? Is Imogen a pregnant fifteen year old? That's that's what that's cra- different what, than do a we pregnant even know what old. grade they're in? No, yeah. I don't think so. Um, we're, we're in whatever fucking grade where you can take a film class as an elective. Mm-hmm. Um, Friday, October 30th. Yeah. So reminder, everyone, though, I just want to point out to everyone. Halloween's actually on a Monday in the year of our Lord 2022. Not that it matters. I just let me find my air horn so I can sound the plot hole. <laughs> plot hole. Yeah. Um, so we're we're back at Imogen being a sad ass self in her house. Like, I feel like for three episodes now, we've just been watching her wander around her house and remember stuff. And it's never like clever or interesting. It's not like a lost flashback. It's just like, oh, I remember this one time my mom told me I could get money from a baby shower. I've got it. I'll throw a party and make money. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's just, I, I mean, come on. You tell me Bailey Madison got these scripts and was like, ooh, another another couple of days in the dead mom house. Awesome. Making more Emma Watson face here. I get to like play with this hideous Christmas quilt, which will trigger a dead mom flashback. Fuck mm-hmm. yeah. That's what actors dream of. Um, so the, the flashbacks are sitting on what must have been Imogen's bed, looking at this fucking quilt. She, Imogen yeah, is also a knitted peace sign on her wall. I mean, no wonder the her fuck? mom killed herself. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know who's a bigger fucking nerd, this character or Angela Waters. Mm-hmm. Um, so the mom made the quilt. She wants to do the baby shower. Shower. Imogen's against it. Blah blah blah. Cold hard cash. And, and flashback. And Imogen has this devious grin on her face. And that's like, my question is: Are these even flashbacks, or is she just inventing? like a like an alternate why is she so smug about this like i've got it i've got it guys yeah Uh, i just i have to wonder if like the lost in translation moment at the end where like lucy hale whispers a one piece of advice into bailey madison's ear and she just like play your character always more devious than they are it's it's not going to get you anywhere but it's gonna be fun always Um, player is a yeah yeah so i'm at gary's office yeah it's millwood high I when is this is this before school is this during lunch is this during her like eight hour long ballet class that she goes to instead of school I miss no fucking meeting here Farron has like just like told Madame Geary I don't know why Madame Geary is who she tells this to of all possible people right who's who's proven herself to be a fair and listening member of the faculty who really cares about Farron's yeah. point of view. So she's just said that she thinks Kelly is Karen and Madame Geary is just like what? that's a pretty wild accusation. Yeah, it's, it sounds that way but I have proof. She has scars on her feet. Scars that Karen had from the razor blades. And Madame Geary's like stop talking. She gets up, shuts the door. The door has like a little latch on it which I found a little shady there. Like like yeah. you could lock somebody in. Yeah. Um and she's like, I don't normally share details about per- students personalized, but Kelly's a cutter. So that's why she has scars. This feels like a, a breach of trust. I feel like telling fairness, mm. but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, people who self-harm often do it in places others won't see. Can't say more, but I strongly advise you to drop this. The parents and just like, huh. Parents huh. just like, I certainly will not. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a much weirder route. So meanwhile, in library class, Imogen is like called another meeting of the sinners that could have been an email. She's got a crazy Hail Mary idea to save her house. She wants to throw an epic Halloween party and charge admissions. And I, this is when, like, again, Farron should be like, listen, let's set some uh, some roles and some boundaries and some expectations. I'm here because Pleatherface is out to kill us. Mm-hmm. I am not here because I give a fuck yeah. about you and your, your dead mortgage, mom, yeah. your house, your mortgage. Yeah. Um, uh, this unpaid labor that you're asking <laughs> so much of us seriously. Uh, so parents, like, you know, wondering if they even know enough people to invite to a Halloween party. I, I, I don't know. Like, I to me, Zarya plays Farron like she would be a relatively popular kid. To me, Zarya plays Farron like she's an Instagram influencer. Okay, but in, but, in real life, yes. But like that equates to people would know of her, yeah. right? She would have quote unquote influence. Anyway, yeah, you would think, but she's just in ballet. I don't know. Like, she's like, I know how many people four go people. to the school, like like thirty people. Yeah, but yeah. this is her. They're all cousins. Yeah, they're big fundraising thing. Sean, like Noah. Sean's popular. He's on the football team. He'll spread the word. Mouse is like, I have plans. I'm lame. Why am I even on this show? You could have cut me, and you wouldn't miss anything. I just kept thinking, remember back to the six months-ish earlier flashback from episode two and how unpopular Sean seemed to be there? Um, whatever. Right, we keep being yeah. told how popular Sean is. Mm-hmm. He's so popular. Which, I don't know, to me, is Sean our dark horse? Like, you know, predator suspect? Mildly interesting. Uh, um, yeah, okay. So Mouse can't come. She says it's because she has to help out the pawn shop on Halloween, which is obviously a lie. It's because she has this weird daddy daughter LARPing date that she's going on. Um, but then she mentions, Oh, Ash, Ash did ask me if I had plans for Halloween. And they're like, Oh, he's cute. Uh, you should go out with him. Oh, no, no. Ash, Ash did not work with her to like make plans. I mean, like this, this, yeah. this poor man is like. I don't know, like taking like fucking Red Cross level things to like, like to work out the logistics, mm-hmm. spending any kind of time with this young woman. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, you guys should both come. And then Noah's like, we can charge for slices and shots, too. Oh, uh, it's it's the, the the again, the unhinged delivery. You should help your moms and then come to the party and have Ash meet you there and bring friends. We need as many warm bodies as possible. I mean, she might as well lick her lips after mm-hmm. saying this. Worst case scenario, I get to have one last amazing night in my house. How are you going to afford Great. this fucking thing? The amount they spent just on flyers, I feel like. Yeah. Like, and the, yeah. The, the, like you'll see the decorations they have in a little bit. It's like you're, you're in the negative. There's no way you made enough money off this. Are you just like sneaking into the school office and like pulling a moxie? I, yeah. I mean, these, I, that $400 alone, I don't know if that buys the decorations and the, the refreshments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, all the liquor? Like... I, I'm sorry. There's no indication that this is a BYOB party. No, I think they're charging for it, which yeah. I guess the people, I don't know. I didn't see anyone like manning the cash register. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, um, really? But anyway, uh, Tabby is like, oh, I just got to um, go get like uh, swing by the Orhim to get some funds to help chip in for supplies. So we're going to pick up on that plot line, which like, was it last episode that she walked out on the dude or is it the episode before? I think it was the I episode was, before. Yeah, I think it was the episode before. We hadn't seen Wes in the last episode. Um, West, West Chip? 
Yeah, so Ash and also Mouse what, here. what's what's the what's the chipping in on supplies? Are are you selling out the next morning? Are these people getting paid back? Yeah, I love that they do a hard cut on these like goldenrod yellow flyers in the yeah. library to uh, Ash holding the flyer outside, and yeah. it's like it's much paler. It's like yeah, that's called color grading, folks. Like it's it's like, obvious that they're like really tweaking these scenes where it's like everything inside is like saturated and dim and gross and everything outside is like desaturated and gray like it's such an obvious example of like the bad color grading on the show that they like mm-hmm. i don't know why they highlighted that by like hard cutting on this like perfect like color example for us this is again the dreariest campus mm-hmm. i've ever seen committed to yeah. well not celluloid but whatever yeah so mouse so wants she- to come her mouse wants ash to come and she's like he's like oh your mom's gonna let you and she's like i think it's time i assert a little independence I deserve a have a, and he's like a date. And she's like, Oh, ha ha ha. Yeah. Uh, should I pick you up? And then she's, she's so squirrely and weird about everything. She's like, why don't uh, I meet you there at like nine 30. Uh, Ash, wouldn't this be better if I was secretly 30 years old? Yeah. Uh, the movie theater tab is, is talking to Wes, Wes and saying that she, she needs her less paycheck. Uh, <laughs> He mumbled some shit about like her ghosting him the other night. The other night is two weeks ago, right? Two plus weeks ago. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So she gives him some shit saying that he used the flash drive as leverage to like get her back to his place. (laughs) The way he says way to ghost me the other night. It's like there's so much just in that line. Like, like, I'm sorry. I was ghosting you. I didn't know that we had a thing. Yeah. Um, I would love to see this guy like do an interview and like, what is his natural affect? Because he's just like, way to go. He's just got like a weird, I don't know, presence on the show. Tabby can't, like, she's just like, is that what you think happened? Uh, and then it like does this like quick cut to, you know, the her walking out because we can't possibly, you know, we have to see that of all things. Yeah. They show us that. I don't know. The, the problem with the show is it's so, it's so clumsy. Like, I, <sighs> I don't want to do like backseat victim blaming on, on a, on a, on a fictional character, but she says at one point that like, you know, we never unpack what happened in the night in the car when you tried to kiss me. And well, like, like, no show you didn't, you didn't unpack it at all. You could have, but she chose not to. There's a way that you could portray that where the character seems conflicted and is, is you know, like, you know, feels like they have barriers in front of them from like saying something or, or reasons why. I mean, like, you you have to have us on the side of Tabby in that moment, just beyond the fact that this guy is a creep. The way they know. shot that in the pilot, there is really, it gave you nothing at all. You're like, what is she thinking about this? That she has like completely flat affect. I don't know what I'm supposed to be getting from her in this scene. Yeah. I, don't, I just, I feel like a lot of the show is made with the presumption that you should, or or that your audience has, I don't know, one fourth of the media literacy that you should have. Mm-hmm. Um, but he immediately says, you know, you're right. And I'm sorry. Um, and he's that like, he cares for her genuinely and not in a creepy way, which well, I mean, if you have to say it's not in a creepy yeah, way, now it's it is. Creepy way. Well, the way she says, like, like nobody talks like this, Wes, you use that flash drive as leverage to lure me to your place. What you yeah. did was really fucked up triggering, not to mention the fact that we never unpacked that night in your car when you almost kissed me. It's like, where is it's like this is just coming out of nowhere seemingly and I, I i guess you could say like oh that's the character she's like repress us all and now it's exploding out or something like that but like 
all her lines, like the, the big confrontation scene later in this episode, it's like nobody talks like this in person. No, like it's, no. It, it sounds like these writers have been cooped up in the pandemic for two years and like they've only like communicated via like message board flame war online or something. And so they think that like this is how people talk to each other in person. Like nobody mm. talks like this. Uh, jokes on you. They're going to do a TikTok about how, number one, they're actually very talented. Uh, number two, their father is the editor of the New York Times. Um, no, it's just, it's I'm so like, glad I don't get that reference at all. Good, good. Um, it's like, I agree with Tabby and I'm glad she's doing this. But yeah, the way it's written is so, is so fucking clumsy. It's, it's almost written as if it's like a bunch of conservatives writing a parody of a woke character. Yeah, yeah, like, really. like, like I worry, is this show like Ron DeSantis' like favorite show? You know what I mean? <laughs> well, the way uh, besides just 24 like, reruns. He's immediately like, oh, fuck, I'm sorry. I totally didn't. I won't ever put you in that position again. He's really, he's backfilling hell hard, but then he's like, but can he come and work for me anyways? Pretty please. <laughs> when I, when I'm not just a patriarchal shitbag, capitalism, baby. I actually really need somebody to work. I'm like totally understaffed. You know, it's a great resignation. And she's like, oh, you know, maybe I will. But like, I thought that her mom said she couldn't work yes. anymore. Yes. I, Address like, that. Yeah. Address that, Joe. Like, she's like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll come work for you, but only during the day uh, for your like Halloween a thon because I've got like the party at night. And so it's like, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, it's just bizarre. It's like there was a reason you stopped working there and it yeah. wasn't because you were creeped out by Chip. Or, There's, yeah. There's many lines that I will cross mm-hmm. willfully and for fun. Uh, I will not cross uh, Sharon Leal. I will not. Cro- I will mm-hmm. not defy her. Um, yeah. So he wants to keep working, offering her first dibs on shifts. Then he'll take her off bathroom it's, duty. It's forever. back to being like a little too creepy again. You know, it's yeah. like why are you so accommodating to Tabby specifically? Yeah, yeah. Well, she's just like, oh, I'm 15, and 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 bathroom duty is loathsome. So I will come back. And he's like, very nice. Mm-hmm. Um. So he talks her into coming to work the next day for their all day horrorathon, mm-hmm. which sounds like a shit ass deal for your movie theater where anyone who comes in costume. Oh, wait, 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 let's freaking... just let's just wait till we get that scene because I have okay. a lot. I have a lot. There. Well, he tells her what it is. But yeah, she agrees for just a day shift because she has a thing at night. Meanwhile, dinner, right. at Mouse's house. dinner at Mouse's house. It's her and her two moms and it's like i don't know there's kind of like an underlying tension during the scene i feel like and mouse is like i'm going out on halloween night i to a party with ash They're like who's ash again uh, a friend and it, it seems like the one mom definitely doesn't want to let her go out at all but the other mom is like no it's fine you have to be back by this time or whatever you know like like it definitely seems like um is it elodie uh, elodie is, is the mo- one mom she's like the, the stricter mom, mom. From the OG Sinners, the original yeah. Sinners. Ugh. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the other mom, including her name. The other mom seems like she's a little more chill, I guess. But we get a scene with the other mom later that I hate yeah. to say. I'm almost like, why would you do that? Because you haven't made her a character thus far. Yeah, why? it should have been the other mom. Maybe it was a COVID thing or something. Yeah. Um, they're um, like, okay, she has to be back by 930. And then Mouse is like, no, 1030. Like, please, mom, I just want to be a normal 15-year-old girl. And then the other, the, the nicer mom is like, 1030 is fine. Okay. And then here, she's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, mouse is 15. And I was like, mm. really? Yeah. Really? Also, if you're a mouse and you've dealt with who knows what baggage because it's been so fucking vague, are you really wearing this Minnie Mouse sweatshirt? I don't know. I mean, I feel like I would I would rebel as like hard as hell against this. Anyway, stupid fucking sound effect, title card, October 31st. 
Halloween. Halloween. A is in red, of course. In Imogen's house, there's some fucking 80s metal song playing. Is it me or does the pregnancy belly kind of move up and down sometimes? Sometimes it seems like it hangs a little lower. That I don't know if it's party. just the clothing or something. I, I am sure the baby is real because I just don't have any faith in this show, but yeah. I wish it was fake. Um, Imogen here has gone and spent, I don't know, probably $1,000 on Halloween decorations. Yeah. I think yeah. this is like a whole giant like spider pinata she's got or something. And she's just I, like, she's thrilled. She's like, this is so great. I love being the star of my TV show. Like <laughs> this episode brought to you by fucking Spirit Halloween. Mm-hmm. Like, why doesn't she have just like the fucking 15 foot tall skeleton in the front yard? I mean, the show is really yeah. that close. Like, like, it's like she should get like the Emily, like, like this chick fucking loves Halloween shirt on. While she's doing this, but you know, stretch out for her her yeah. pregnancy belly. Yeah, Tabby's first costume here at the Orpheum. She's a Doctor Sattler from Jurassic Park. Um, okay, so it's an all day, all night, like twenty four hour Halloween thon or a horror thon. Twenty four hours. It's too much. If you wear a costume, you get free concessions. Now, concessions are the only way that theaters make any money. Yeah, they get like jack shit from like ticket sales. So, uh, again, again, this is what killed Movie Pass. Yeah, because Movie Pass's whole business model was based on maybe someday, if we're really nice and we live long enough, theaters will give us a cut of the concessions. Which no fucking way. Yeah, yeah, this is like it's it, it boggles my mind. Like this business plan, I was just like, yeah. how does yeah. that work? This makes the, are they charging you like fifty dollars to get in or something? Like, yeah, free this concessions. The Jordan Peele double feature where the, the tickets mm-hmm. are free, but you have to get the concessions. Yeah, does like, this guy, like, is he making money at all? Yeah, no. How is no. he in business? He went to Seriously. NYU? <laughs> well, he's not an economics yeah. major. <laughs> is this some sort of, like, I don't know, like, grift or something where he's, like, running it, like, up a bunch of debt? You know, well, like, fucking, uh... like HBO Max style? He's going to write it all off? Joe Goldberg here has killed the real Wes, who's like mm-hmm. down, his corpse is down in the basement. Um, yeah, so Tabby's like refilling so for people. We get a chick dressed like Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, of course. There's a lot of people there, a lot of people in costume. Some dude in a Letterman jacket, which is uh, this Tyler. Is Tyler. Yeah, remember um, him? Who, the yeah. guy who uh, came twice because he didn't pull out the first time. <laughs> That's how it works. That's definitely how it works. <laughs> oh, well, I'm still in you. Better come. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, he is a teenage boy. It might work. Uh, <laughs> True, true. Um, cool breeze gives him an erection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he comes up, tries to get a big tub of popcorn. She tells him it's eight dollars since he's not in costume. He recognizes her as the chick who made the video about Karen. Uh, and she's like, uh, oh, you're the fucking dude who like made the video of Karen. Mm-hmm. So he asks if they have cherry coke. She says, No, just regular. This is a segue into asking if she has it's, a cherry. Is this all like a setup? Like, does he know that she doesn't have cherry coke just so he can like get this like totally sick? Do you have do you have a cherry joke in well, or like, something? What I what I what I love about the clumsiness of the show is that suddenly his whole fucking posse is suddenly there, yucking it up like this, he's Ashton Kutcher in the set of punked. This guy is a cartoon. I'm sorry. Like, I know that they want like, oh, he's like the asshole misogynist or whatever, but it's so over the top. It's just like, it's like, I can't take this seriously. This is, this is a, you're, you're going serious places in this episode with this subject matter. But this guy is such a, like a cartoonish, like angry misogynist that. Here's what I need. I need to bring Tyler, Sean and Greg into a room. 
and like break a bottle, throw it in the floor and be like, I've got room for one of you. <laughs> Work it out. <laughs> Gonna have tryouts. Like, yeah. But he's even got like a relax. It's just a joke moment. And I, I mean, this is what I would have dragged in Noah to interrogate her and be like, is this who your buddy Sean hangs out with? Are they on the same text thread? What the fuck is he? Yeah. Well, he's like, guy? oh, don't be so tight. And then he leaves and does not pay. And she just has so, like this really kind of shaken look. And it's like, it's just weird that we only started getting this in like the fourth episode of the season. Right. Right. And and, and I know, I know it's a more apropos conversation at the end of the episode, but mm-hmm. like we're setting up this guy for what we want to do with him at the end of the episode, mm-hmm. which means to me, we obviously have plans for Greg because why couldn't this be Greg? Yeah, and Greg. Greg is Greg is like helicoptering. Greg was already this guy, but then I like, know yeah. we need we need an even more extreme version, just because we don't want to burn Greg just yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and considering the pilot, why aren't we seeing more dicks? Give me some dicks. Um, Helicopter that shit. Yeah. Um, really. So creepy sequence uh, with some weird song playing while Mouse is like trying on these different masks and like taking selfies and. It's just like I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, who's fetish on the on the writing staff is this shit? Because this is weird. Like, why is this in your show? This is weird. This is like her dressing is, up as like like Dorothy. It's like a Dorothy mask and the red Princess slippers Leia. and Princess Leia and Wendy the Witch. And it's like, what what the fuck am I watching here? This is a a Marissa Nadler cover of King Crimson's Moonchild. <laughs> there is some creepo out there who's going to make this scene their entire personality, but like. Also, she keeps taking photos of herself with the mask on. With the mask hollow on. eyes. Hollow eyes. Which is why I thought she'd be wearing the mask through the whole thing yeah. or something, but no. Why no. aren't you wearing the mask, Mouse? You're putting yourself in extreme danger. Also, just the... I, I don't even know, man. I, I, the, the I feel photos, like I'm watching someone's fetish during this scene. The the weird reverie that she's in for all yeah. of this, like she's she's like kind of doing like a like a Buffalo Bill a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, all right, pinball pizza. Farron is like requested a summit with Kelly here because oh. now, like suddenly, she cares. She's like, "Oh, Kelly, are you cutting yourself?" That's well, she so says. Funny. If only Karen could see us now. Yeah, but like, it's like now she's like really cares about Kelly. Suddenly, she she learned that Kelly was a cutter. Like, and it's like I don't know. Maybe if you'd already introduced that, like Farron is a cutter too, or something, you'd be like, oh, yeah. okay, I we're, this is character development. She Farron was super shallow, but we realized she was a cutter and Kelly's a cutter. But no, they're not doing anything like that. It's just I I had no idea why Farron is here. Why she suddenly wants to befriend Kelly? It's bizarre. I mean, give me a fucking scene where like Farron can talk to Henry as if he's a person and be like, you know, I'm so driven to perfection and I and I and I I believe in my craft and I, I have a hard time connecting with other people and I, sometimes I hate it, but like I have to perform empathy or, or something. But like, I just don't know who this character is, well, then, which makes her seem more hollow and a monster. Yeah, and then Kelly has to tell this whole story about how like. You know, Karen, like she always had to be a star. Like if I got to get it started out shiner, she'd put me in my place. And, you know, sibling rivalry is a blood sport, which like I just it's hard for me to buy that when you're identical twins. You know, I'm not saying identical twins are like they have to be the same person or whatever. But it's like it's hard to see how like she would be the shining star and you would have to like suffer in the shadows when you look exactly the same to everyone. (laughs) 
I've I've only ever known one pair of identical twins in my life, and honestly, it was a contest to see which was a bigger dork. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was really what they were competing over. Was like, oh no, I, I like we fought over who could shine less. But I feel like this would make a lot more sense if they're like fraternal twins or something. They like didn't look the same, or you know, it's like if Karen was like the prettier one or something like that. I don't know. Like this plot line doesn't make sense for identical twins. Which is such a shame because it's one of those things too, where where the actor uh, Madison Betchel, like whenever I, I, I helicopter Mallory Betchel, whenever I helicopter in, I'm so sorry Mallory, she seems like so fun on social media, and it's like ugh, I, I hate that you're like having to navigate this. In your I feel like they're they're because they didn't show us this before they killed one of them off. They're having to go backfill in and be like, well, Karen is this way and Kelly was that way. It's like okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, even though show. even though we 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 played Kelly and Karen like a fucking goof, yeah. in the first two episodes, but yeah. So then as they're talking, Farron sees the cut in Kelly's palm, the one she got from squeezing that broken glass in her hand, episode three. Yeah. So if you ever need someone to talk to, you can talk to me. Like what? Since when do you care, Farron? Like what the fuck? Yeah, it's so out of left field, but whatever. That's their scene. Uh, also, yeah. she's they're having a, a big rager at Imogen's house, so you should bring all your friends. They've got some fucking oingo boingo money on this mm-hmm. show. Dead Getting that party. dead man's party going. Yeah. Um, Imogen's house, as people show up for the party, like outside there's like lights and teepee and a bunch of little pumpkins. She spent at least $200 just on these orange like Halloween lights. There is no, I mean, it, I'm sorry. It's You would have blown a circuit. It's not just that she's pregnant. There's no way she did this all herself. <laughs> And the, I like the crazy, I done these level of decorations by myself. There are massive decorations on every single wall, yeah. like all kinds. There's like bloody handprints and like help written and blood and weird I, like I, you know cartoon cutouts and spiders and it's just all over the place. I don't love the execution of it. The only the only clever joke that I will give this show, dumb as it is, is her terrible wig and being dressed like Rosemary Woodhouse from Rosemary's Baby. Yeah, which I, I'm pretty sure nobody who's the target audience for this show had any idea no, what that no, was supposed no. to be. Well, I don't even think they know who. Go- I don't think they know who Morticia Adams is, let alone Rose. Yeah, Rose yeah, Rose. yeah. Because then when Sean draws up like like Gomez and Morticia, which I mean, you're fucking lucky that Jenna Ortega dropped the trailer for your asses. <laughs> I feel like uh, Maya Rifico is getting out of this episode the best. Like she really just gets that kind of have fun at a party and be in a costume and be drunk. Yeah. Oh, doesn't have any for, like wretched plot lines to deal with. Meta comment for every episode. My Rafiko is getting the best out of all this, mm-hmm. which which is why she just got cast in something or other. Yeah. Like good for my Rafiko. Get the fuck out so of here. So long man. show. Yeah. Um, Farron is there dressed like Poison Ivy. Uh, Tyler shows up looking like he just blew himself. <laughs> I was I felt like there is an opportunity later for like somebody to get some blue on them. as like yeah. a joke, but it, it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. All the, uh, like, I don't know, like the misogyny club at school has all decided to dress as Smurfs. And so they're all like, like covered in blue paint, you know, like bare chested white pants which, and, and which, white uh, beanies. Wouldn't it have been more topical and like, you know, obviously more complicated to clear if they just dressed like minions? Oh, yeah, it's universal. So that's, that's a tough one. Yeah. Anyway, so she's shutting it down because she's into some guy in ballet class well he's immediately just like gross hitting on her and she's like who are you supposed to be toxic masculinity smurf Ooh, gotcha yeah (laughs) she's like tabby doesn't get all the worst lines Mm -hmm. uh so tabby walks in speaking of the devil over here some of this tabby's dressed like top gun uh i thought this was ripley 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. pretty sure this is like Ripley aliens. Um, cool. Also, Tyler just like will not leave Farron alone. And then Farron, this is kind of, I felt like this is like kind of messed up how she's just like, I'm sure there are plenty of sad, desperate girls around here at BNDU. It's like, wow, way to throw them under the bus. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're toxic and disgusting, but there's probably some fucking loser chick around here somewhere who will sleep with you. Yeah. So wondering why, why he's here. He says, Greg invited him. She starts interrogating Tyler. Tabby does about the parties he's gone to like Karen's party where the video was taken, obviously, or the bonfire in the woods over the summer. So obviously the, the bonfire sure. must be where she was assaulted and she's trying to figure out who was there. This is a weird way of finding that out, but I guess it's something she's investigating. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, I, again, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard because the show intertwines it and it's like, it's designed in a way where you can't criticize how badly the show is written because it feels like, well, because it's a very sensitive subject. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like, Oh, how I couldn't possibly criticize what you're trying to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, because like, but even though like narratively for a show, this is this is poorly done. But yeah, so what about the bonfire in the woods of the summer? He's not sure that it says that they party in the woods a lot. He doesn't remember a bonfire. Well, then she's which, just like you're... I hate to say in like TV terms to me kind of exonerates him of that crime. Yeah, I mean, because it doesn't seem like he's covering up i guess i feel like it would right, be more right. obvious in a way like there'd be I'm, a, a saying, there'd be a facial tick or, or something yeah. to let you know yeah yeah i mean usually tv has to give you something where if a character lies to you mm-hmm. you can like go back and understand that it was oh, and they kill him off at the end of the episode too so yeah you know, yeah 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 so it'd be it'd be oh by the way tabby i'm sorry that was the guy who assaulted you died <laughs> he's so fucking random I, I wouldn't put it past this show um but she's just like you're a garbage person tyler like you and all your fucking meathead football buddies are so stay away from me and stay away from my friends got it and he's like whatever meanwhile like Noah and Imogen are are dancing super close to each other and sing along with Super Freak by Rick James this just feels like an outtake kind of yeah you know like oh the actors are having fun in their costumes it it seemed like some of the actors when they all didn't have COVID or were like having to stay six feet apart from COVID Mm -hmm. were having a good time good for you I'm glad they were (laughs) Doesn't fully translate on screen. Meanwhile, it's some seedy looking motel, like a red ranch. I just want to like skip past these scenes. They're so fucking creepy and gross. Yeah. Uh, Mouse is in the hotel room with that guy, Steve. He's breakfast for dinner. Yeah. Blueberries and pancake. He's calling her Rachel. It's just like you like asking if she brought her. The the way he says it, though, he's like, just like you like, like, hey, I'm I'm giving you like scene direction kind of, you know, for how I want you to play this. Uh, this actor, which I don't know, I said his name like twenty yeah. minutes ago. I can't remember, but like I feel bad for this fucking guy because I feel like he's thinking like I'm putting something into this where there's there's like an amount of creepiness, but I'm also trying to show the humanity of this this wounded, desolate character. Mm-hmm. And the show is so abruptly cut and weird that he like just, it just I comes just off like as major pedo creepy. vibes. Yeah, it's yeah, gross yeah. as shit. Well, again, why is the crossover character not Hector Lime? Oh, there you go. I mean, that would be fucking brilliant. If they go to Rosewood in the next episode and like Hector Lime is there. I would I would love to see Hector Lime just in line for coffee. Anyway. Back to the party. They're setting off fireworks on Halloween for some reason. I don't know. That's not cheap. Yeah. Pleatherface is watching this and then he decides he's going to go walk around to the uh, basement doors. The cellar door. Yeah. Inside of the house. He has a key to unlock it and goes inside. Oh no. 
Yeah, he might so actually the, do something. Not likely. Uh, inside the party's in full swing. People are dancing. No, and Sean move through it, pushing up. There's like the a real somewhere. like, hey, we're we're euphoria now. You know, it's like yeah. crazy party, shiny lights, making out. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this for the guys on this show: none of them are as creepy as that like main teenage boy on Euphoria. That dude's fucking creepy. Yeah, I don't watch that show. I watch one uh, episode of that show is enough for me. Yeah, good for you. Um, no and Sean move through it, like again, pushing up the wall somewhere to like passionately make out and like disappearing around a corner. And we pan over a door handle that must lead to the basement. So downstairs there's Pleatherface walking around. He goes over her chest with like, that army reserve sticker on well, it and opens the, it up. the one that Tabby like gasped when she saw for no reason at all. It's like I guess she read this part of the script. Yeah, he opens well, it up know. and he's got like weird shit in there. Well, she saw the script and the script said that this is not only a, a mini A layer, but it's also generational trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's so, a picture of the five moms. Yeah. There's a, the Jordan Peele double, double feature ticket, the, um, the mask that Angela wore and the flashback, like the sad pumpkin mask is there. He takes, he, he doesn't wear that. There's like another like scarier uh, pumpkin mask that he puts on instead. There's cans of food too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know teddy bear. Yeah, big big focus on the Toothbrush. fucking pumpkin head mouse. Um, he puts it on, gets up, and like stares right at the camera of his dead eyes for a moment. Like, get it, everyone, get it. Mm-hmm. So back to Mouse's weird storyline. She's going trick or treating with that dude, Steve. She's in a red jumpsuit and a hood uh, and a little kid mask. It's the Wendy the Good Witch costume, uh, which is a reference that I think nobody no one gets. no one gets. Yeah. So the show has to tell you. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking like. What bowels of like the Archie versus this? From? Yeah, really. They're walking it's so around fucking holding... creepy. I just can't stress enough. Yeah, it's super creepy. Um, it's like it's worse than like the Alice, sweet Alice mask. Anyway, so they're walking around holding hands in the suburban street, and he's like, "You can call me Dad if you want." And they go up to some house. I really wish she. I hope she doesn't ever, ever. Um, at Imogen, she's in her old room, dumping money out of a jack o' lantern bucket to her sock drawer. I was expecting this to get like stolen later or something, but no. Yeah. Well, like. Have some goddamn fun if like Caleb Rivers just getting like his pills refilled in this mm-hmm. dirt hole town. Like she could dump some money into a fucking rigatoni box, right? Yeah. Um, so she steps down the hallway and like Pleatherface with that pumpkin mask is standing there in the hallway in the bathroom where her mom killed herself. Ace reading the sign on the bathroom door that says off limits, and she's like, Hey, read the sign, asshole. I mean, we all it's- remember that scene in Halloween when Laurie Strode encounters Michael Myers upstairs alone in a house. And she's like, hey, get out of here. And he just like kind of stares at her for a second. And then he walks away. Yeah. You know, that, that's a slasher movie move for, for sure. You know, you're yeah. slasher, not slashing. Yeah. No, why would you slash? It's not, it's not like it's called slasher or anything. Uh, so, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just passing, or flashing back to all the interviews that I've watched. These, these, these two people who mm-hmm. created the show. And they're like, we want to do a horror movie thing, specifically the slasher genre. Sorry. So Pleatherface marches over to her, lingers for a millisecond, then goes down a different hallway. And she's like, well, that was weird. Uh, elsewhere in the party, Farron and Henry are talking about Kelly. They're on a stairwell somewhere. Henry's dressed as uh, Marty McFly for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Uh, she says it's possible that she was going Natalie, Natalie Portman slash Black Swan crazy, which is like, hey, hey, leave the film references to Tabby. <laughs> You're really eating her lunch this week. Um, so she's he suggests I, I'm sorry, I feel like sometimes they forget who's Tabby and who's Farron. I don't want to accuse them of like 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 doing dirty to their like color, mm-hmm. like characters of color, but like I feel like sometimes they get confused. Uh he suggests that she's projecting her Karen issues onto Kelly. Uh, so they, they just like make out and 
Leatherface is watching this like POV shot of of them making out, but he doesn't do anything. So okay, no, we get some horror movie like killer breathing. Yeah, whatever. So Mouse is in the the fucking truck with this dude. This guy is they, like a 1950s Ford pickup truck for some reason. Yeah, they've got her like Candy Conquest. She, she he tells her that she's allergic to peanuts. He jokes, no candy apples because they could be razor blades in them. Which again, well, I feel like is well, not that you're allergic to peanuts, but like obviously like Rachel's allergic to peanuts. The way he's right. constantly like telling her like her character is yeah. so just unsettling, but like going nowhere at the same time it's like why are you inflicting this on me show like what is the point of any of this men will literally hire a strange 15 year old girl on the internet to cosplay as their dead daughter than going to therapy i'm sorry but like this guy is not safe like no if if people found out he was doing this he would get arrested yeah and he knows he would get arrested so you don't want to be with him like is he a sad, sympathetic character? Yes. Does that make this okay? No. No, 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 no. Uh, she gets a text from Ash asking if she's coming to the party because she's been blowing Ash the fuck off. Dude, it's 9.55. What the fuck? If I was yeah. Ash, I'd be pissed. I'd be like, what? you said 9.30. It is all, it's like a half hour later. You're still not here. Okay. So if if Angela Waters is below the fucking like, like autumn leaves as on the cool scale... Like Ash seems like top of the fucking like tier, right? Like, doesn't Ash seem like the coolest fucking? Dude well, he's got have? all the drugs, you know. He's got all the drugs, but I mean, like, this dude's got like some fucking like pseudo James Dean swagger. I don't know. Um, so she sees the nine fifty five. She decides to get to this party. He asks if he can drive her, so he wouldn't be able to forgive himself if anything bad happened to her. Which, which I guess like, is, I think this is like he must have not driven his daughter somewhere, and she got kidnapped, and he starts to cry, and so she like has to hug him. What the fuck am I watching? Yeah, begging. He's like begging for forgiveness at one point. Um, so she like caresses his face and says she forgives him, and unfortunately, she does call him dad. Uh, he looks at her and says, there's like this pause where you don't know what's going to happen and then they hug. It's just disgusting. And like, Was this like a weird fake out or like she's about to call him daddy and they start making out or something? Like what? I don't understand what the purpose of any of this is other than to be like, here's a weird mystery we you'll, but you didn't see coming about Mouse. Well, yeah, seriously. My open letter to the creators of the show is, what do you want me to feel during mm-hmm. this episode, during these scenes? What do you want me to feel? And then I say to you in response, how dare you? Well, especially Um, if you juxtapose this with like Tabby's storyline where it's like this, this mouse storyline seems just like on the cusp of some sort of horrific thing happening. Right. But then it's like, no, no, it's actually all totally good hearted. You're like, what? (laughs) Sure. I mean, sorry, like like it does not fall upon our lonely 15 year old girls of society to altruistically like heal the broken middle-aged men. Yes, <laughs> you know, fuck? like that's that's not their responsibility. She just needs to worry about her fucking devices and what nonsense is happening on TikTok and Reddit. Uh back at the party, POV inside the 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 pumpkin mass is faces, pumpkin facing around, looking I, at teenagers. I thought it was especially funny that there's all these like like dudes of smurfs, like as if we couldn't tell these guys apart enough already. They all right. have to dress exactly the same with like blue paint on their faces. So, well, I'm sorry, Sean, are you in this group or not? Like, you the the show does a lot to set you aside from these dudes, even mm-hmm. though verbally we're told you're a part of this crew. Yeah, 
what the fuck is up with Sean? Sean's been weird from the get-go. Uh, Imogen gets a phone call. Someone returning her call by Angela Waters. There's no way she can make out what this person is saying. They get disconnected. Which I is think the, like, the only reason this scene is here is that so Pleatherface can witness her saying something about Angela Waters. Because like, there's like no point. Like The person calls back at the end of the episode. Well, But also to, to set up so it's not totally out of nowhere mm-hmm. when she gets this fucking phone call later in the episode or the next day. So Farron goes to the fridge, passes by a room with a window in it and a couch, and sees Kelly and Greg making out intensely, and she's like, I fucking knew it. Knew and, what? Like, okay, yeah. so it's it's Karen. Why do you care so much? I don't understand why she's so angry about this. Well, it's like Kelly's hot, and I, I think in the world of the show, it's portrayed that Greg is hot, um, even though he might have a dick that can't last very long. Like, let him fuck. Yeah, yeah, uh, what know. do you care? Anyway. Football Smurfs come back with more beer. Mouse com- comes into the party, like looking looking down. This is how I her face. This is how I know I'm old because this scene made me so mad. Because Mouse is she's texting her mom. Her mom is like texted her several times. Mouse checking in. Mouse pick up. I'm calling police. Mouse texts back. Oh my god, I'm fine with friends now. Leave me alone. And then she like messages that and then puts her mom on block. She blocks the caller. What the fuck? So, oh, just, like, you're grounded forever, Mouse. Yeah, here's how I know I've lived a sheltered life. I didn't know you could actually do this. I learned it from this show. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna start blocking people for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Ash comes downstairs and finds like her and is in like the full on Freddie Mercury outfit that he posed earlier. I mean, it's almost ex- it's almost Freddie Mercury. I feel like he got to the costume store, and the 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 costume shop proprietor is just like. Hey, uh, we don't got any more Freddie Mercury mustaches. How do you like a Chicago cop mustache? Does that work for you? You know what, though? You get to a certain age where you're going to your Halloween party and you're like, okay, what is the elaborate costume that I want? But also, how am I going to be comfortable for six hours and have fun and drink? Like, there's I, a level of like the 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 concept mm-hmm. and like yeah. I also have to exist. You don't want to be wearing thing. a mask, that's for sure. But like this mustache down, is like this massive push broom. Like he's like yeah. uh, in like the De Bear sketches uh, in the Saturday yeah, Night Live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. huge. That's that, my friend, is how you know that you're old. Yeah, when you, can, you can reference the De Bears. <laughs> but I mean, like, I just for the young kids out there, lots of excessive leather. If you're looking to get down, nobody wants to like visit the swamp when you're disrobing <laughs> later that night. Okay, that's not that's not a trick or a treat. Mm-hmm. Um. So she has to explain to him that she's dressed as Winnie the Good Witch from that fucking Hillary Duff movie. And then she's like, do you got any weed gummies? And he's like, sure. And they run off. I don't know if this relationship's starting in a good place. So she like needs to get high every time she hangs out with this guy. But oh, th- this, this, this dialogue, though, where she's like, I really want to be here. And he's like, let me guess, childhood trauma. And she's like, I'm ready to close that sad chapter in my book. I don't think you want to. Get down to fucking with anybody when they're ready to close a sad chapter in their book. It's, I don't know. Maybe you're a fan of orgasms, but whatever. Yeah. So they get going to hold hands and run upstairs. They're they're. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I hate to say compared to all the other couples, though, they're relatively cute. This would be a lot cuter if the first half of yeah, Mouse's yeah, yeah, yeah. plot line yeah. hadn't occurred. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, Chip, who's like doing a Donnie Darko costume here with like skeleton clothes. He goes outside and offers uh, like um tabby's like retreated out there to be alone and he brings her a beer i guess um and she she makes sure that it hasn't been opened you know and he says well he says no that would be gross yeah no that'd be gross which like 
is this guy genuinely creepy creepy and he's like manipulating her or i don't know man i just like, don't she, i, I feel he, like a 15 year old dude isn't gonna be thinking i need to make sure like i, I don't know i maybe it's different these days i feel like that sort of concern didn't really enter the equation until like college, at least. Well, for here's me. here's why we on the left are yeah. always going to be somewhat behind the people on the right. We're so fucking worried about being perfect. <laughs> we will eat ourselves alive, whereas they don't care. So, like, the, I don't know. I just I don't think at fifteen, yeah, that this guy would be like, oh no, I've I've read my woke handbook. I wouldn't hand you an unopened drink. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I just. Yeah, anyways, he says he talked for to you, Tabby. talked to Smithy and uh he's going to give him, he told him what happened that he did his half of the project, you know. Um and Smithy's going to let him do reshoots and give him a, give him an extension whatever so so she can shoot the same fucking scene as he shot only she shot it. So, you know. Sorry, I didn't realize it was this was a therapeutic session for you and not a group project, Tabby. Which is not a lesson in 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 movie economics because I hate to break it to you folks. There are shots of Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, like, just, you reach what you have to. Yeah. Thank you, Chip. But we might need a new new Norman Bates. And he says, I'll be your Norman Bates. I'll wear boxers instead of Speedos. I'll embarrass the hell out of myself for you. Um, and then he kind of is like, hey, you want to get out of here? You know, go watch some movies. Like he's halfway making a move. Although it sounds like I get the feeling that like, it's like, I don't know if he he's like too good of friends with her to know how to ask her out or something, you know? Right, right. Because like they probably watch movies enough together that like, it wouldn't mean anything in particular to, to ask her to go watch a movie. Now. It wouldn't feel loaded. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know, but the show it's so fucking locked into its bullshit. Like wannabe horror aesthetic that like the reference you're looking for here is Dawson and Joey, mm-hmm. which again, is going to be over the, your, your target audience's head because they, they shouldn't be that old. And I don't know. I don't know where, where Dawson's Creek reruns play now. Um, but yeah, he's just to get out there and watch like the original, like Nightmare on Elm Street, which is her fave Freddy. And she's like, no, bitch, like Dream Warriors is my favorite Freddy. Uh, again, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is still too on the nose for the plot of this show because this show is basically minus the nightmares. It's about the sins of the parents, right? Like, sure. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, let's, let's just fucking move through this shit. Um, yeah. he, he takes off. Going back to Sweet Magnolias. Yeah, yeah. He's like, peace out. I'm out of here. Uh, back inside, Farron has gone to confront Kelly, who she thinks is Farron. She's like, have fun. Uh, didn't realize you were here dating someone. She's like, what are you talking about? I saw you kissing Greg. And like, this is, you know, like Kelly's like, oh, hold on. You, you know, like, you don't know what's going on. And, and then Farron says, this whole time you've been gaslighting the school. You've been gaslighting me. I don't know why she's so upset about this. Also, also, I just want to point out that someone has walked by in a giant sandwich costume, which is cool, but also, again, that violates my rule of, like, the are you comfortable costume. in that? Yeah. Are you comfortable in that? Also, I, can I can I sidebar about the term gaslighting Please. real quick? Please do. Um, gaslighting is not a synonym for lying. Gaslighting mm-hmm. is, oh. like, is manipulating someone into thinking that they can't trust reality. Like, it's, exactly. it's like a psychological tactic. Like, yeah. her pretending to be... Uh, if this was Karen pretending to be Kelly, she's not gaslighting anyone. She's just like deceiving them. Yeah. You know, like she's not like making everybody question. Like if, if she was like somehow trying to be like both twins at once and make, make people think that Kel or Ke- Karen was still alive, maybe that would be gaslighting or something. But like, no, this is just 
like she's just if if she is Karen, she's just deceiving. Which first of all, I would love that. Yeah, like gaslighting. That's storyline is stupid, but I would love it. Like if we had to pass the Mallory yeah. Bechdel test of her playing two characters, like one of them's dead. Gaslighting would be like if in the next scene Chip came back out to Tabby and sat down with a beer and like acted like he hadn't just had that conversation or something. Yeah. And then she and then it, she when she points it out, he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like maybe you're like making stuff up in your head or something. Like that would be gaslighting, you know? <laughs> like yeah, making yeah. her think, oh, I can't trust you know my reality. Maybe some of my memories didn't actually happen. You know, so he can manipulate her into like, you know, not believing something that she saw. Like, this is just standard line. Anyways, that's my sidebar on gaslighting. So, so yeah, Kelly tells Farron that she's she's spiraling. Farron keeps like laying into her. Kelly at one point is like, why can't I be Kelly? Which is, again, I don't know, man. Like, it's it's whether she's Karen or Kelly. And I guess my money is 100 percent that she's Kelly now. Like. I just this don't know what have... it matters. Like, what? yeah, 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 yeah. But like, this is where you have ultimate sympathy for Kelly. Like, I don't know. Like, she's been such a marginalized human being in this family or whatever. But like, like plump, like uh, plumpkin face, pleather face in the pumpkin mask is watching all this, like really getting off on like turning girl against girl. Mm-hmm. Um, then Farron's just like, fine, don't admit it, but your life might be in danger, Karen. And she says that someone had pushed her sister and Kelly's like had enough. And she's like, stay the fuck away from me, you fucking psycho. And I wrote, oh, she's not wrong. So Farron thinks that this is Karen and that she sent Kelly to the rafters and Kelly died and she's pretending to be Kelly because like, I don't know, people would think poorly of her if it was Uh Kelly that died or something. It doesn't totally track for me. Um, You know, because you're letting others take the, you know, the fall because that's all what Karen always did. Yeah. I just, I, I, and the whole time, I don't know how Farron feels about herself. Well, Kelly is just like, why can't I be popular and talented? It's like, why wouldn't you be popular? Like, you you look exactly the same as the popular girl. I yeah. don't understand why you're like this, like, wretched, you know, person who has to hide in the shadows when you look identical to the popular girl. And yeah. don't, and it's not like your personality seemed that wildly different. I guess, like, Fer- or Karen's meaner or something. Well, honestly, all you have to do, and again, showing my age, is in quoting Not a Surf's popular, mm-hmm. a seminal text is wash your hair every two and a half weeks, right? At least every two weeks, yeah. Yeah. And um, if you so see Johnny off. Football here on the hall now. <laughs> Which would be Greg? I don't know. Tell him he played a great game. Which, I mean, he just apparently gave her the business, whether it was mm-hmm. good or bad. Um, upstairs on Imogen's bed, question mark. Ash and Mouse are, in the, are on the bed in the dark room, and Mouse is high and, like, inspecting her, like, tingly fingers, and they kiss, and she's like, wow. And she's like, I have the munchies. And so, she's like... Oh, the, the, the soundtrack is like, it's better than the movies. Like, through this oh. whole thing. Yeah, it's like well, this, like, like why millennial you, pop song. Why wouldn't you save that for Tabby? I mean, you've made Tabby your avatar. I don't avatar. think what she's enjoying is better than the movies, I guess. No, but you've made Tabby your avatar for all, like, how is human life compared to the matrix world of the movies anyway so she has ash stay there so she can go downstairs and grab some snacks he does like a very dramatic and theatrical like flop on the bed like throwing both his like arms out it's almost too horror movie-esque like i almost expected like when we'd see ash next he'd have like the kevin bacon like yeah the knife knife coming up through the the mattress yeah thankfully mercifully ash survives this episode as far as we know downstairs mouse goes like through all the people to get to something to eat tyler sets his sights on her and it's just once again just like a cartoonishly over the top like misogynist asshole like i know what they're going for here but it's just like uh, 
it's could you could you try to like write these scenes as though human beings are talking to each other right right we're not just like talking heads from like things yeah. yeah so like yeah he's adamant that he wants like mouse to have another drink Noah and Farron come over. Noah's pretty drunk. And again, Myra Rafiko is playing having, this having really fun. fun. Yeah. Where she's like a little bit fierce, but she's also definitely drunk. Mm-hmm. Definitely inebriated. Tyler comes back, really wants to I like to how she says, drink. like, get you know, like fuck off, or I'll get Sean to beat the shit out of you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even though she and her friends say no, Greg shows up to like talk up his boy Tyler to Farron. Tyler's over Farron, says that Mouse is cute, wants her to take a sip. Tabby comes rushing in and pushes him off, making a scene. He calls her a bitch. Emma they're they're all here now. Like uh, Imogen shows yeah. up too, and it's like this big face off between the sinners and all these like douchey Smurf guys. Right. Imogen's like she's not a bitch protecting her friend, which is very true. She goes off on how like she's no longer like, Tabby does. Like, she's no longer intimidated by dudes and how they talk shit in locker rooms about fucking girls they clearly never fucked. He asks if she's on her period. She screams, "Your misogyny could not be more basic." Which I think nobody is, says that in real life. I'm sorry, nobody's ever screamed that. It's I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a, a a childhood reference that only you can see, mm. but like the uh, like pew, yeah. pew, <laughs> where like the bullet flies past me because it doesn't hit me because Tyler's yeah. not smart enough to be like taken down. God, your misogyny couldn't be more basic. Yeah. Um, she says that she doesn't trust most straight white cis dudes, but maybe he's the worst of the worst. He calls her a feminazi, of course. A feminazi? What is this, 1992? Has yeah. he been, like, slamming some Rush Limbaugh? Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> uh, Greg tries to talk him down. She unleashes on Greg for breaking their contract, and he's like, what contract? I didn't sign shit. Which, again, the guy playing Greg is like, I am going to try to, like, mine as much humor out as my fucking character. I also found it funny that, like, Greg must be shorter than Tyler because he looks like small next to him in these scenes. I don't know. Like, what bugs me about this scene is that, like, I get what they're going for. I get that it's like, hey, these are like these asshole dudes. And, like, she's like, kind of, she's had enough and she's telling them off. That's a fine idea for a scene. It's just they don't talk like human beings and especially teenagers would ever talk like in real life. And right. so it, it just it's like you're missing like this is this should be a serious like right. uh, emotional scene and instead it's uh, I'm just like cringing the whole time. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. And you're you're robbing the tabby character. And yeah, it's not. You, you, obviously, you have Tyler's abundant in this world. And then to paraphrase Neil Gaiman, it's not that like the fairy tales don't tell us that monsters exist. It tells us that monsters can be beaten. But the problem is not when they're written like this. It's just like you could just take this scene and throw out all the dialogue and just say, these are the points we want to hit and give it to like a real writer. And they would come back and give you something a lot better for it, where it's like, okay, this guy's being kind of like a toxic douchebag. And he's like, you know, imposing on them. And then like Tabby's finally snaps and unloads on him. But it, it sounds like she's a real person and she's not just like flaming away on Tumblr. Like I'm just fucking burn this guy so hard, you know? The, the, honestly, the better podcast would be take literally any writer from any point in PLL's writing room and have give them three scenes for mm-hmm. animus of the show and be like, how would you execute this? Or how do you think your room would execute this? Um, but yeah, so she's really unleashing on Greg for breaking their contract. And he, she tears them for ruining their agreement about a safe space, which he sadly never agreed to, I don't believe. By swinging his dick around, she calls it assault. And then uh, like, every, which, like everyone stops and it's like, ooh. Which I I hate to say. Like there was a point where Farron and and Chip both co-signed on like yeah, fine, yeah. this dude could be nude. I mean, Tabby is 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 welcome to like not agree to that, and like she's welcome to her reaction. 
but I don't know. It's whatever. Tabby goes back into Tyler, giving him shit for filming Karen when she's drunk and like making an ass of it herself. It just seems like this would have all worked so much better. Like, like we were talking about in the last episode, if Tabby hadn't like gone into that scene already talking about like safe sets and everything. If this was something where it's like you just see that like she's clearly bothered by this and it's building up and it's building up, you yeah. know, and like she's clearly being triggered and she has these these memories of something bad that happened to her. And it's like that finally it suddenly explodes in this scene. Like I feel like there's a really effective way to do that. And right, this right, is right. not it. Well, there's almost like a Spencer Hastings esque. Like here's an actor who's just like mm-hmm. build like playing that like I'm bawling out my frustration more and more and more until it explodes. Mm-hmm. He actually asks her if she's trying to win an award for Anger's Black Woman. Farron tells him to shut the fuck up at that point. Tyler keeps saying some gross shit to Tabby. She snaps, breaks his nose. Farron says she nose, warned him. Yeah. yeah, she warned him about shutting the fuck up. Uh, like Pleatherface and the pumpkin mask was like POV watch, like watching Tyler go up the stairs. Upstairs, he has no other option, so he goes into the off limits bathroom. It's time for a horror movie scene. Um, uh, in there, he's looking at his play nose in the mirror and hating on all women. He goes to take a Tom Hanks piss from the original League of Their Own. I really wanted to see, like, the thing about slasher movies is you're always looking for, like, what's the new way you're going to kill someone? Like, right. you know, is it is it going to be, like, a weird weapon? Is it going to be, like, a scenario that you didn't imagine somebody get killed in this way? Like, I feel like a like dude like taking a leak like that's there's a little bit of fear inherent there you mm-hmm. know you kind of like you know you got your life in your hands there and but you're preoccupied you can't just like stop pissing immediately are you saying cut off the dick no I mean they could do that but like I mean you think that'd be appropriate for this character too but right. no but like it's like you're you're vulnerable there right yeah, yeah. like you're, you're like out. taking a leak you know you can't yeah. even if like you can't just like cut it off immediately you know and mm-hmm. so like. I kind of wanted that to be part of the scene, like like the rising panic, but they don't really do it. Like what I'm saying is that when when the killer here is like strangling him and holding him up and his legs are like kicking, I wanted I wanted a stream of piss like flying all over the place. That's that's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Oh, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, even fucking Crocodile Dundee 2 told you that you're vulnerable when you got your dick out. Yeah. Yeah, play. I mean, if like, and obviously we're dancing around how fragile Tyler's masculinity is. Yeah, fucking go in on that. And by go in that, I mean with a knife. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it would be I kind of saw weird that in if- Game of Thrones last night. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh yeah, haven't seen it. Oh, I was gonna. I I was thinking like, what if we just like did this whole pod where like we started talking about hot D instead, and like is a whole episode on. Is episode there some one. D in the House of Dragon? Uh, house of the dragon that's hot d my friend that's, that's the acronym that's true. that's true that's true i do like hashtag hot d mm-hmm. um there's no hot d in this show but yeah, yeah cut mean, off like, the dude's balls and they fucking show that well, like, yeah, if sack. you if you found like tyler's body in episode nine and he had his like dick shoved in his mouth then we're like oh well, wow is pleatherface actually hashtag our wokest hero it's that hbo yeah making making him fucking choke on his like his like fragile masculinity oh what anyways it's a Pleather, player face kills this dude. What he like? He like also, chokes there's him. A, there's a jump score on the score yeah. that makes you feel nothing. Nothing at all. What pleather face? It's like okay, I guess he like he doesn't like this guy. I, I'm assuming it's because he's such a piece of shit because he had chances to kill other people too and it didn't right. kill them. So it's not right. just like oh you're alone or whatever. Um, but like, then why did he kill Karen? Why did he kill that janitor? Like, right. I'm, I'm struggling to see your real pattern here. If anything, I assume this character is connected to Imogen. 
Imogen was not the focal point of the encounter downstairs. Right? Tabby and Farron and Mouse were. Yeah. I don't imagine. I no offense. I don't think Pleatherface gives a fuck about Mouse. Like, would he, would he have killed Noah if he caught up to her in the last episode? No. Or was that just a scare? I, I don't know. He would have like, been like, "You're actually the best character on the show." But like, a, a slasher usually just goes around killing people. You know, right. like that's their whole deal. They don't just like kind of pick and choose and like stand around for a while and just try to scare some people for fun, but not really. You know what I mean? Like, it's just so yeah. random. Anyway, so Tyler sees this guy, sees Pleatherface, assumes he's got a gay fascination of his dick or whatever, some real real hashtag gay panic. He uses the R word. Leather pumpkin face, like, smashes his face into, like, the wall in front of him. Then we get, because the show's not a fucking parody of itself, we get a dog shit thrash metal cover of Monster Mash. Yeah, that's bad. As, as Pleatherface strangles this dude in a shower curtain and then drops his body like it's nothing. And then it, like, randomly cuts to this, like, fisheye angle, like, POV shot of yeah. yeah it's like tabby's pov looking up at the other centers here and noah's just like damn i mean you totally clocked that motherfucker how's yeah. your hand and she like blows on it and she's like oh it's fine you know like Imogen's like let's make this about me again <laughs> i've just been thinking about my mom yeah also did i just throw my first and last rager in high school no surprise that there's no appearance by Pleatherface. And Best of all, no A. Yeah, I really yeah. wanted A to like walk by in the background at that point. <laughs> I'm right here. Farron with this bizarre comical time, and he's like, maybe he was trick-or-treating. Yeah, so they're uh, like, oh, you got to break up the party. Let's just tell them the cops are here. And and yeah. so they go inside to do that, and then like Mr. Sandman starts playing because I guess Roberto has like a weird 50s fetish or something. And yeah. it's like we just see... Pleatherface like carrying this body wrapped up in a shower curtain out of the cellar into his like weird van and it's like Mr. Sandman it's oh it's ironic or something you know because Tyler's dead I don't know whatever I don't I don't want this to be antagonistic I would love to have Roberto Aguilar Sacasa on this show I would I just just to generally be like what the fuck is wrong with you explain your thought process to me mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't know you got you got the juice right now give us a job whatever um he tosses him in the back of this like shitty van like leans over him we get like a boom and a close-up of tyler's like lifeless body as if the show thinks its audience is too fucking stupid to get that this is tyler's corpse so tyler said whatever wow yeah, really so- really gonna miss this guy you know what yeah, a major really. character they've killed yeah really off. title card sunday mm-hmm. again just just for funds halloween's not on a saturday night this year yeah, uh, we're outside Imogen's house, which is still covered in Halloween shit, and has TP in the tree. There's so Halloween shit everywhere inside yeah. this house. Oh my god, the amount of decorations! Uh, and Imogen's like shuffling through the house with a trash bag. She's just like running her hand over the mantle, and it's like, oh shit, I'm having another flashback, and it's just like yeah. more, just like flashes of like her and her mom at Christmas, like her and her mom watching a movie, like. Her showing her mom like a pregnancy test and like her mom hugging her and then she's Hitting like, oh, each other's I'm sad. Nails. Yeah. yeah. Which like, again, I, I like I, I kept reading as like, are you just inventing a montage of shit you'll never have because your mom's story was much darker? I don't know. It, it just feels like every character has this completely different TV show that they're in when they're in their own scenes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like Imogen's show is just about her being sad that her mom died, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, an Imogen now just like leaning against the post, like the load bearing post, feeling beat up by the memories there in the house and this reverie she's in. 
Noah shows up having come downstairs. She's super hungover. Feels like someone ran over her face of a truck. Tabby comes down, gives Imogen a hug. Also, Farron and Mouse are there. They all slept over. Mouse was just like, you know, fuck you, dear. Her mom's. What about Ash? I was. I mean, her I was mom so would have called the police. I feel like. Yeah. Well, but I feel like this show is weaker because Eric Johnson's not in this episode in a weird way. I can't say I missed him. Not that I missed his character because he's a fucking predator, but like, remember, remember when he was like, you know, getting head from some teenager in the first episode, and we've yet to really do anything with that. Like five episodes later, no, yeah, but I mean, like, what does this character do if he's not plotting revenge against these girls? Mm -hmm. You know. Anyway, so now that they're all up, Noah's like, uh, but I was, I was very insulted for on behalf of the moms and Ash by seeing Mouse also present in the sleepover mm-hmm. but now that they're up noah says you know i've gotten real good at picking up trash <laughs> some guy calls he's the one who called the night before this guy's he dialogue knew- is so it, it, it's like where they paint him by like the the fewest lines possible or something it's like imogen adams you called last night so like he has like the most minimal dialogue you wanted to know about your mom and angela waters and she's like yeah. yes did you know them angela and my mom and he says i did and then like Imogen like smiles and like puts the phone down, turns around. It's just like, like, what is this guy doing on his end of the line? He's like, no, no, do take your time and do whatever and let me know when I can speak again. Just out of curiosity, are you staring off at your friends in a quite frankly deranged manner as <laughs> if your slipping mask of sanity is slipping? Yeah. So Mouse comes home later to her gloomy ass house. There's the the other mom, the cool mom, the mom who we have no name for. Uh uh, not the one who's acquaintance of Angela yeah. Waters as a teenager. And she's like pissed about the party that Mouse stayed out all night. Mouse says that she was fine. She needed a night to herself. Her mom says that she just can't shut them out like that. So Mouse brings up that something happened years ago. It happened to her. She feels like it constantly is being punished for it. You know, she's like, he's gone. He's never coming back. And I just remember thinking, uh, what was it? Songs of Experience? Sure. And like there's like there's like a, a Trojan and like Veronica Hastings exchange mm-hmm. that's like so much better and like encapsulates this exact same moment. Yeah. And we know what that's talking about. Like but it did happen and it happened to me. Yeah. 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 Um, up in her room, Mouse is printing off trick-or-treating pictures with the dude from last night. She puts them in a Mickey Mouse lunchbox with pictures of other she, dudes. She has like dad. seemingly like hundreds of photos in this box of all yeah. these other weird like LARPing like you know dead girl things she's done with all sorts of other people it's i don't know it's like the scene in get out or something when like chris finds the um all the photos of of his his girlfriends like other boyfriends or something you know right right, right. it's just creepy as fuck we even get a pov from inside the box as she shuts the box and hides away like whatever the fuck is going on this plot line like i mean okay show the the show is still i think trying to present to you though like like Mouse is still the same sweet character, a part of the quintet that we've always known. She has a little bit of extra like rounding to her character, as opposed to like she's got something kind of manipulative and creepy about her. Do you think that like which, they, which would be? Do you think they want to us to around. suspect our our sinners that one of them could be in on it or something? I don't think they do. I don't get but that I mean, feeling like, now. I I feel like though like. If we were allowed to believe that Mouse has the agency to be a little bit creepy here, 
we'd have something. It's just too creepy. I'm sorry. This is just yeah. this plot line is never going to work. Well, but you never feel like she's in charge of the situation. Even if she is, like what the fuck? Like what yeah. what is this fucking plot line? Whatever. The yeah, less yeah, said yeah. about it, the better. Cut to Farron walking in. For some reason, walking in, like very satisfied from her shower. Like she has this weird smirk on her face. And then she gets a phone call. It's Madame Geary. It's on a Sunday. And Madame Geary's like, Kelly Beasley came to me this morning. Like, she's a wreck. Like, uh, and Farron's like, oh, no, I can explain. And Madame Geary's like, you will no longer be dancing the Black Swan again. Like, uh, this is like the second time she's gotten demoted or something. Yo yo of who's <laughs> the fuck is the Black Swan. Also, yeah. the Muhammad Ali wallpaper sure that's a lot for your bedroom yeah that everyone's wallpaper is a lot uh so cut to kelly who's like kind of kneeling next to her weird ass like lithium drugged up mom cat almost catatonic mom yeah, yeah and she's like mom i have such great oh, i'm sorry mama i have such great news i'm gonna be the lead in the ballet mama and mom says that's wonderful karen and she's like no mama i told you i'm kelly remember and it's like oh maybe she's really karen or something i'll get you your medication yeah mm. whatever all right last uh, scene we gotta fucking talk about this shit imogen and tabby tabby's room tabby's room imogen comes in and she's like so tabby you want to maybe talk about that whole thing with you and tyler the other night last and, night last night yeah tabby says over the summer there was this party in the woods imogen something happened to me and imogen's kind of has a tear in her eye and she says tabby Something happened to me too. Boom. And title they like card. kind of glass clasp hands and you know, and then like cut to title card. It's almost cruel to like boom and title card from there. It's just okay, so now we have multiple characters who've been like secretly raped. I don't know. I'm I'm guessing now that like this is why she's pregnant or something. Yeah. Um it's weird that it's the fifth episode of a 10 episode show and you're only now revealing this about I, your I, main character. Is it, is it something lacking in our media literacy that that family guy s cutaway to the beach and the pilot that definitely connotate... did not, that did not connotate an assault at all that connotated it, like, Oh, I fucked a lifeguard and that guy yeah. ain't, ain't around. You know? It was, it was a, it was a miserable experience, but like not necessarily a non-consensual mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. I again I ask you the question that you asked me a couple episodes ago are you going to pick up next episode where this one left off cuz how could you not I mean they they usually do except for that one point where they like didn't seem to know how to get out of that scene and I so mean if this is went past if this is and, if this is 2 weeks later that's fucked up I mean I I guess they will I just I this is such a strange left turn for me because it seems like this is much more dramatically weighty than anything to do with this like a bullshit basically right, they right, haven't right. gotten an atex in like two episodes or something well you you've never satisfied i guess me noah did show. get one last episode yeah but this show has never satisfied to me that the the pleather character who's lumbering around and chasing noah is like sending text messages you can't give me one fucking shot of this guy holding a phone really i mean i don't even care about that but just everything about that a plot line seems sort of meaningless in comparison to this this seems much more serious much more like high stakes yeah, yeah. you know and and seemingly has nothing to do with the a plot line right that we've seen i mean it seems like a maybe doesn't like uh rapist himself or, or misogynist or whatever but that's 
I don't know. It's it's kind of tentative because we he's only like had three victims and none of them have, have anything in common. You right. Know? Right. Pleatherface, our woke hero. I don't yeah. know. But it's just like it's so strange that like halfway through the season they decided to drop this in here because now when I'm watching the show, every time we're doing a bullshit, I'm gonna be thinking like this is stupid. You've like dropped this like huge rock into the pond, and we should be like feeling the ripples from that instead. Yeah. Well, I mean, the the light, fluffy fun of the teenage murder yeah. show is is a vastly different thing. Well, I, than like, I think again, it was... we've gotten emails from people who've had very real experiences that are feeling weird watching the show. It well, feels weird to then theorize about like who's the rapist? Yeah, yeah or are there multiple yeah. rapists? Well, I you know I think there's got to be two rapists, not one, because we saw this person here. Yeah, like getting into all that shit about rape is just kind of well, and, distasteful. And, I mean, granted, like Tabby, I think the show is arguing that Tabby experiences this gratification through her obsession with horror movies because you get this kind of winning vibe. You get to you get to beat the villains. You get to capture mm-hmm. them. You get to see the horror of it all. But like one of our emails pointed out that like a lot of victims never know what happened to them. Well, I don't I don't know that what Tabby is doing is really healthy, not just the I mean, there's the the her making her horror movie stuff, but then like the filming of the non-consenting teenage boys like that that's still not justified right you know even right. if you're like trying to solve a mystery or something right um, right right yeah like uh, like another sex crime is not <laughs> gonna cross out a sex crime yeah um, and it just hey I, I don't know for them to like go here halfway through the season it really just makes me think like did you like not where you were going with this story until like episode four or something it yeah. really feels like a, a crazy left turn to me well and and this is a messy situation as it should be because it's never clean cut. It's never perfect. Uh, I've seen other messy artsy shows like I May Destroy You handle this much better. Uh, I just don't, I don't, I don't believe in this show to handle this remotely respectfully. Um, and, and, and I think PL, the original PLL worked because you had just the overarching vague but also general yeah. well, think about threat to women's bodies think about in the original pll how jarring it was just in that one little two episode arc where baker brozak makes a pass right. at hannah and then right. aria doesn't believe her that was right. like that really got people riled up yeah and yeah. that was just like him like making a pass like that was like it was like very upsetting just watching that yeah like here you've got like multiple characters have been assaulted now and it's it's like still there's this goofy, you know, generational trauma murder mystery thing going on at the same time. I don't not know, great, man. man. It's not great. I don't like it's, it. It's not where it. I would have taken the show. We'll we'll see where they go. Like I said, tune in for a much better podcast where any writer from the original PLO writers room takes three random scenes or any episode and says how they would handle it. I mean, and it's it, always better. You can I, I don't know, like something some show like Cruel Summer is like. Hey, we're gonna like we're gonna take on like the the high school teacher thing, but like really like nail Go that completely. Like like that's a perfect example of how you can have a fun show that really goes deep on you know a disturbing topic like this in a respectful way while still being entertaining and and like fascinating. Yeah. You know, like I I just I I don't get the vibe from this show and like all the writing so far that they're gonna be like I don't know properly sensitive. I feel like they're gonna be quote unquote sensitive. You know, but like in in like a really hackneyed way that's going to feel unsatisfying to everyone involved. Yeah. 
which uh, again we did the cruel summer podcast uh we talked about all the first season of cruel summer episode nine of that show is a fascinating hard to watch beautiful complicated piece of art well i feel like i feel like the west character in this show is this show being like oh look at this we're gonna fucking burn ezra fitz man but it's like cruel summer already like they already like completely like deconstructed everything about Ezra Fitz you'd ever need to say about that character. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. did it. it they, they did the masterpiece version. Like this is just like a cheap invitation. Yeah. Uh, but that show never, I don't know. It never parodied the important like terms and the yeah. way we need to talk about this progressive people, understanding. People yeah. talked like human beings in that show. They right, weren't just had, throwing around buzzwords. Yeah. You had very real but important scenes between Olivia Holt and her like therapist character that were like kind of deprogramming a certain way we've looked at the world. Uh, anyway, what is I next week's see. episode? Um, chapter five, the night he came home chapter six scars. Okay, oh boy. cool. All right. Well, we'll be back for scars. We'll see where they go. Oh, this is episode six is the one everyone keeps telling us we're really going to hate. So, wow. Can't can't wait for that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All of you. Thank you. Buy the book. My name is yeah, Trouble.com. It's the least you could do. Do you want episode six of this fucking podcast? I want to see some pre-orders. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.